Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. All right, so this week you wrote a story about LeBron James off of a quote um, in a press conference where he basically said, I'm I'm not playing losing basketball anymore. I'm not wasting my time if we're not going to win. I'm paraphrasing here. I'm probably getting a little off the rail. But he, he kind of expressed some dissatisfaction with his situation uh, with the Lakers. Now, my understanding is a trade cannot happen this year, correct? Yeah, he is. So he's not trade eligible until I think it's Valentine's Day, which is like five days after the deadline. What do you think the chances are that they actually actually signed that deal six days before we think and he is eligible? Because no, that's, it, just, it seems so weird that Clutch would sign away. I'm, I'm mostly kidding, but it just seems weird to someone that is so into making sure he can control every de- decision to miss a deadline by five days. He is he is not being traded this year. He's I not being traded this year. All right. No. No. All right. Well, then talk to me about what you wrote with the LeBron thing. Basically, you you think this offseason there's a chance he's moved. Yeah. So it's going to depend on the rest of the year. I think last night he had an insane game on his 38th yeah. birthday, like 40-something points and near triple-double. So it was part of the reason why I wrote it is because he's still a really good basketball player despite yeah. being as old as he is. Um, so I just – I can't picture LeBron having another lost season – this deep into his career, right? Or at least playing on a team where he's playing with like Lonnie Walker and no disrespect to Lonnie Walker, but like Lonnie Walker and Patrick Beverly and Dennis Schroeder. And like, these are the guys he has to work with. And Anthony Davis is just a constant when he's healthy. It's great. And he looks like the best player in basketball for 10 to 15 games. And then he's gone for two months and the season goes to shit because their cap is tied up and basically well, three guys with Russell Westbrook, but he'll be out of there. But I just I don't think anything about how the Lakers have run the team since LeBron got there suggests that they're a serious, well-run organization. The fact that Rob Palenka got an extension in the midst of all this is kind of insane to me. Well, also Tom, crazy, they've literally won a title with LeBron. Because I agree yeah. with what you're saying, but they also have won a championship. Right? Yeah, but and like even that one, people discount because it was it's like, hard. oh, they won it in the bubble and, and all that stuff. So, like, let's say this is just another disaster season for the Lakers 
and they get to the offseason and they don't really have a big move to make. Mm-hmm. If you're LeBron and you, you've given this quote about, you know, it's in my DNA at this point. I want to compete for titles and the ability to do, to do that has a huge impact on, you know, my desire to keep playing deep into my, you know, deep into my 30s, potentially into my early to mid 40s. Well, then he has to look elsewhere. And you think about the potential teams he would go to. Like, I don't think if we were creating a, a ranking of all 30 teams, I think the Sixers are probably not in like the top three or four, if I had to guess. Really? Who would you put ahead of them? So here's how I'm thinking about this from a from LeBron's mind, like knowing yeah. how he operates and how he thinks. I think he's doing one of a few things. He's either trying to stay in LA, so he's pushing for a Clippers move. <laughs> which he's, was still unlikely. He's going back to Cleveland, which you know he's already done that, and I don't think that's the I don't think they can get him without kind of nuking what makes that team good, but you know, he might do it anyway just because he gets to go home. Yeah. Or he's chasing the biggest carrot possible, which is winning a title somewhere where it's going to be like a legacy defining title. And as the Sixers might get close there because they haven't won since the early eighties, obviously. And, you know, he would be seen as this guy was the missing piece, push them over the top. I think the big one to chase is you go to the Knicks and you try to win a title for the Knicks because like that Bill Simmons had a point years and years ago now where he said, you know, like not every MVP trophy should be weighted the same. Sometimes, there are like four or five guys who are having insane years and it's like a 25 pound trophy. Sometimes somebody wins it by default and it's like a a five pound trophy Mm -hmm. winning any title for the New York Knicks is a 25 pound NBA finals trophy. And so I, I think if he's going to move and chase like a, a legacy defining title win, like that's the type of thing you do. But if you're looking at the group, like behind that top one and actually Weirdly enough, I think Golden State might be high up there too because he has made some pointed comments about like if there's any one guy he could play with in the league, it's Steph Curry. You want to talk and, about a five-pound trophy though. Oh, right. Like it's the same thing with when <laughs> yeah. Durant was there. Right. When he won there, it's like, oh, great. They they won, but that's what they were supposed to do. So, but, it, you know, if he's not caring about that and it's more – what gives me the best chance to add more titles by you know any means necessary? Maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. But then right behind them are the Sixers, I think. Behind that like top group, you say, all right, he thought about coming to Philly in free agency years ago. Daryl is a star hunting GM. Like that's what drives his whole thought process, building teams. Joel's in his prime. James is probably better suited to be in like a hybrid two, three on the important scale type guy at this point. Same with LeBron, like as good as LeBron is, you don't want him to be balls to the wall needing to score like a 30 point triple double every night. Yeah. And you know, the concerns would be that they're injury prone or older and all that kind of stuff that you don't, a big three with these guys would be pretty tough. But the flip side of that is it you don't it almost work in the opposite way where you can use LeBron and James Harden to potentially like give Joel rest minutes or 
Embiid and James Harden to give LeBron rest minutes on a night. Like there are some nights where two of those guys are going to play more and carry the load. And the other guy's just going to get to, you know, maybe not take the night off, but they at least are getting some uh, old school load management as, uh, as Doc likes. To yeah. Say. They, they would earn, earn some minutes off. Um, and plus you would and, get Brian. You'd get Bronny Jr. So that could be your next young piece that you uh well and then but so the other part of it is it's a pretty easy path to making the deal. You basically you trade Tobias and now the sticking point is what is LeBron worth on the trade market at age 38 and going mm-hmm. on 39 next offseason? And in the thing I wrote, I tossed in Tyrese's name because that is obviously who LA would be after in this scenario. But I think the Sixers would be pretty reluctant to give him up. Like, I think they try to get it done with, like, Tobias and, you know, Matisse or Tobias and – well, I guess not Matisse because he'll be on a, a new deal and probably <laughs> traded by that yeah. point. Yeah, he'll be gone. Um, but Tobias and somebody to make the money match and maybe a draft pick rather than Tobias and Tyrese. Because that's at the point – if you trade Tyrese – and you get like one year of that group and it all falls apart. That's when they're probably stripping things down to the nails. And yeah, they're going to through the new... process. Yeah. Yeah. But that's I mean, also they... part of the appeal, I think, right? It's like if you make a move like that, and it doesn't have to be for LeBron, but if you make a, a push your chips to the middle of the table move and you go after a, a veteran and it's basically a, a one run, we see what we got and they fail or they don't go further than they have. And then it's like, all right we should just blow the whole thing up. And it's probably better to know that than to make these like half measure moves that the next few years you're just kind of stuck in, in no man's land. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus yeah, I mean, it's hard to be great if you don't take big swings, bottom line. So I, I think your, your point about that is true. From the LeBron thing, uh, I didn't think about the Knicks. I think that would be an interesting one. I do wonder if LeBron going to Los Angeles as a legacy-type play for him, where he was like, well, I'm just so good, I'll go there and we'll figure it out, and having it not work out there would maybe make him more reluctant just to pick based off of the things you talked about. I agree that that's his mentality, I think he would think, I'll go to Cleveland for legacy. I'll go to New York to win a 25-pound trophy. I also wonder if he would look at those situations and go, it's going to be way harder to win there. Whereas the Sixers are in a very unique situation where they have a salary in Tobias that's easy to trade, but not a super important piece. A lot of teams don't have that. And they also have a young player that's extremely appealing, but also not a super important piece. So you talk about Cleveland, they have good young players but it's going to be hard for them to get him without giving up a super important piece. Whereas the Sixers, 
he slides right in so perfectly as, as the role fits perfectly, the trade fits perfectly. I think the Philadelphia market is, is like just big enough that it counts. I don't think he views it. Yeah, I'm sure he's not super excited to practice at the facility in Camden. That's probably not high up his list of things <laughs> he wants to do, but it is the Sixers. It's kind of a legacy franchise. It's a huge sports town. I'll be interested to see how fans would react to him. I think he can be a bit annoying sometimes and, Maybe in Philly that wouldn't play like it does in other markets. But I think the Sixers, and they have been for a while, they're uniquely set up to take him because of Embiid and now with Harden. Harden fits in well. And wasn't there a rumor last year that, or maybe before that Harden wanted to play with LeBron? Maybe I'm completely misremembering this. Uh, I don't remember that, but I wouldn't be shocked that that was a a thing at some point. He's been linked with everyone. But look, in the offseason, to your point, they're good. They're clearly going to give this one more run with Joel Harden and, and probably Maxi. But if it doesn't work, there is something refreshing about going. You know what? We'll bring LeBron in. It'll be exciting. We'll give this one more swing. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Well, let's be clear. There's no like we're bringing LeBron in. It's it's LeBron chose us. Yes, like, that's all it. That's well, all that's it comes part down of the trade, to. Too is yeah. if LeBron says I'm going to Philly, and for what it's worth, Maxi having the same agent might help here. It might just be he goes to the Lakers. Look, I came to your loser franchise when you had nothing going. I won you a title. You're going to trade me for Tobias and whatever, and that's how it's going to play. It, could, yeah. it really could go like that. Yeah. Now, the flip side of this that I want to acknowledge, one, he's old, and yes. he gets hurt more than he used to. Two, I don't know that it's the greatest basketball fit. Like, I think there's a – there might be like a too many cooks situation there. It's just James and James and LeBron trying to figure out who's handling the ball and who's doing what. That's sort of a weird James being an off ball guy is not exactly like his uh, comfort zone. Joel certainly like having to defer in big moments and figuring out now you're not just sharing the ball with, you know, one ball dominant star, but two. And then like, there's very, not even sneaky potential. There's very obvious potential for like, I think LeBron at his peak was a great defender, but him and James mailing it in, in the regular season on defense would be like apocalyptic bad on some nights. And then you add Joel's tendency to just like come and go effort and attention wise on both ends. And there are going to be some games that are just like, holy shit, these guys are bad. And unless they have think like, yeah, and like, what are what are we doing here? Why am I watching this crap? Like, there be some, there definitely be some moments like that. But you know, I tend to think these guys would be talented and smart enough to make it work. Now, again, I don't think this is actually going to happen. But the moment, fun hypothetical, the, the moment that LeBron makes a quote like that like nobody is as media savvy or at least like in tune with what his words mean than lebron right like he's been at the center of the league and in the spotlight for so long that he knows everything he says is a potential means to manipulate people or like get a message out there without needing to be direct and and abrasive about it so i think that is officially you know, kind of putting the Lakers on notice and who knows, we'll see what happens when it's, you know, mid June, we're approaching free agency or we're approaching the draft when a lot of big trades tend to go down and don't, don't completely rule it out. I'd say it's a very small chance, but it's, uh, it's but you're still saying something that, that could happen. 
Last question for you before you wrap this up off of the LeBron thing a little bit, but as trade season does approach and there's possibilities of adding guys, I'm curious for your opinion on this. Do you think Joel is okay playing second fiddle? Because the part of LeBron coming in would be he's LeBron. He would be as big as Joel is in Philly and he's the process and he's the franchise and everything. He's LeBron, right? If they were to somehow be able to get Damian Lillard or whoever, do you think Joel deep down is actually okay with playing second fiddle? Or do you think he is very much, you know, wants to win, but also wants to be the guy clearly wants the MVP very badly as we've seen. I'm just curious from you knowing him well, do you think he's actually okay moving into a different role other than what he's in as the main guy? I don't think so, but I think that's also because there are so few guys in the league at this point who are like clearly able to walk into a team and be like, yeah, so, I should be the guy. Yes. Like, like if, if he was Joel from a few years ago and they had brought in James Harden of a few years ago, maybe we just see a totally different trajectory for Joel. But I think he, because he has been the guy and has ascended to this point where, look, he's he's leading the entire NBA in scoring and he's doing it efficiently. And he's led the team that's in you know the top three to five teams in the league in defense. And he can point to all these things and be like, who the hell is walking in here and telling yeah. me that I shouldn't be the guy? Like, I think he has earned that. I, I like people would look at that as like, well, that's why he's not going to win. Like he should be able to sacrifice for like, what has anybody who has come in here done to say like, it should be my team. Like this is a good stretch for James, but he has not consistently produced results in the same way that Joel has over, you know, years of time at this point, we're still waiting to see if this is just a blip for James Harden or if this is, you know, new normal and then maybe like maybe we get to a point where it is a true like 50 50 split and james gets to do a lot of his favorite stuff at the end of games but no i i think at least for now um, unless you make a trade for a kevin durant type guy which i don't think is going to happen no now as well too yeah i i think that joel has earned the right to feel that way now again the the pressure that comes with that is you have to deliver. And so you become the center of attention when we have these conversations about why is the crunch time offense bogging down? Why aren't they competing hard to start games or whatever? They're in the middle of games. Why aren't they rebounding better? It's why I have constantly throughout this season tried to tell people like you want to blame Doc, but like to me, it's got to be about Joel. This yeah. is Joel's team. This is more Joel Embiid's franchise than it is Doc Rivers. And so if he comes in and sets a tone every day, and we know that he can, we've seen it happen in, in different games and stretches, everybody else is going to follow. So I think he's earned the right to have that position, but I think he has to take that position seriously. And you know that's ultimately going to determine where this team ends up. Yeah, I think that's true. And I also think that maybe Joel will reach a point where he realizes now your point about them getting another player as good as him is is a great one because there's probably only, I don't know, like Luca. Like I'm trying to think how many guards could legit come in here and be like, I deserve to dominate the ball more than you do. But ultimately, we talk about this, you know, midway through this pod. It's just tough when your best player is a center. And I wonder if you would end up realizing if he takes a step back. But I think you'd have to get a pretty talented uh guard to do that. 